you're probably thinking about, okay, but I got to show people what I'm doing. So I'm going to create a shit ton of content so I can show everyone what I'm doing. That kind of feels like gambling and throwing spaghetti at the wall and just see what sticks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Digital Nomads Daily Podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about how to find clients. Recently, I had a chat with Paige on the Digital Nomads Daily Podcast. She is a super successful self-thought website designer and actually one of the most well-known Squarespace designers. One of the best ways to learn and to learn quick is to look at other entrepreneurs. When you look at what other entrepreneurs are doing, you can get new inspiring ideas or you can model what's working for them so you don't have to figure everything out for yourself. So in this episode, I will be sharing some top tips on how to find clients for your digital nomad freelance business. These tips are great for website designers, but also for other creative freelancers. For example, if you're editing podcasts for other people, or if you're a freelance graphic designer, or maybe social media marketing, or a VA that is offering multiple things. I love talking about this topic because honestly, If you're a freelancer and you do all the work yourself, finding clients can be really, really tough, especially when you're starting out. So this is an episode where you can just sit back and relax, just take it all in and just learn from what I learned from all the digital nomads that have come on this podcast, including Paige. One of the things that I also really love about just talking to the people and interviewing and even like listening to all the episodes because all episodes need to be reviewed, I also learn a ton about my business. There are certain strategies or things that I apply in my business that I learned on the podcast. So it's even for me a gigantic learning school. Before we go into the finding clients, I just want to say one thing about looking at what other people are doing. This is just a gentle reminder that when you look at what other people are doing, my advice to you is to look at it or to watch it or to read it or to view it with a very, very open mind. But don't fool yourself. Like, do not compare yourself with their day 100 whatever and your day, I don't know, maybe day 10. So always keep in mind is that Everyone has their own journey in their business. This is not an episode where I'm going to encourage you to compare yourself. Keep that in mind when you're scrolling on Instagram and you see that someone is running the business that, you, that you're dreaming of or doing the things that you also want to do, but you know it, it just seems a little bit overwhelming. Don't worry. Just keep on breathing and take a mental note here is that you should not compare yourself to their... Also, why you shouldn't compare yourself? Well, honestly, you don't know anything about their business. You don't know if they work with a team. You don't know how long they have been in business. Maybe they have just pivoted. We only see snippets of someone else's business. And especially when it comes to business accounts, like if you're going to show, and you will do this too, like if you're going to showcase your work, obviously you're going to showcase the work that you're proud of. You're not going to show all the shitty moments because that's not going to attract clients. So keep in mind that whenever you look at other people's businesses, they are doing exactly that. They're not going to show every every side of it. It's all curated. So just keep that in mind. So finding clients, it's one of the things that you really got to do as a business owner, whether that is for an early stage business or later on in business. I'm, I think actually, yeah, Paige was it who said it on the podcast episode. Like, 
if you don't have clients, you don't have a business. And because finding clients isn't always so easy, this, you know, this could be a little bit challenging. So the tips that I'm going to share today, again, they can be applied to anything, like to all your freelance businesses. So the goal is that you are running a successful business so you can travel the world and do the work you love worry-free. And running an online business isn't easy because it's not just about clients, especially when you're traveling, you're constantly on the move. There are so many things aside from finding clients that you need to do. Obviously, if you have clients, you got to do the work. You also have to take care of yourself. You have to take care of your admin. So there are a lot of elements in running a business. Some people do not like this. And those people might be better off having a remote job or a part-time remote job where this is not like the main thing that they're doing. So going back to Paige's episode, one of the things that I really love that she says was before you start thinking about all the amazing creative reels that you can record, you really want to follow some key steps to build a solid marketing and client winning strategy. So one of the things that happens a lot to many, many business owners is that they're just going to focus on creating content, content for their business, whether that is on Instagram or on LinkedIn or on Pinterest, you just got to create content because you're probably thinking about, okay, but I got to show people what I'm doing. So I'm going to create a shit ton of content so I can show everyone what I'm doing. That kind of feels like gambling and throwing spaghetti at the wall and just see what sticks. So instead of being online everywhere at the same time and feeling extremely overwhelmed, you want to create one short-term strategy and one long-term marketing strategy. This will help you to get the clients way faster and build a foundation for later on. So you're basically doing these things parallel. So what happens is that your short-term marketing strategy, that is really going to focus on your quick wins. Whereas your long-term marketing strategy is really going to focus on the future. Often when you, you know, focus on a long-term strategy, it has a little bit more moving parts. So the creation of it takes longer. And that's why you want to put that in the long-term strategy. Because if you're going to work on a strategy for months and you also have this pressure of, okay, I need to get clients, you're not going to feel happy. So you do just want to do those things. Before you go into strategies, there's a couple of things that you got to do. The first, very first step is know who your ideal client is. And it's important that you got to be super clear on who this client is and you got to write it down as detailed as possible. Why is this so important? The broader your clientele or your ideal clients is, the broader that audience is, the harder it is to going to actually locate them online or offline and put your product or your offer right in front of them. If you focus on female solopreneurs, that's a really large group of people. Then it would be better to focus on female solopreneurs in a certain location or female solopreneurs in a certain industry. So once you know who they are, you can focus on where do they hang out. 
And because you're going to figure out where they hang out, you can learn what is happening in their world. You're going to hang out where they hang out. So you're going to understand exactly what their needs and desires are. You're also going to understand and learn what language they use, like what words. And there are several places where you can do this. For example, in reviews or groups, it's really important that you find your clients. Like you literally need to find this group of people. That's why we say the broader your audience, the harder it is. Also, the more work you got, because maybe you have like sub niches. And especially when you're starting out, that's actually a lot of work. So don't overcomplicate this for yourself. I know that this is hard because you're like, yeah, but this person and this person and I can help this person. Knowing who your ideal client is, is not about all the people that you can potentially serve. That's not what this is about. This is more about saying no to certain groups of people and get specific. You can always add more like people or groups in your clientele or in your ideal audience. But in the beginning, focus on a smaller group where you can actually locate them. Now, before going into your marketing content, another tip that we often heard on this podcast already and also Paige mentioned it, but Michaela also talked about it and Tiff also, which was last year, but super, super valuable episode. They are also creative freelancers. Actually, Tiff was a freelancer and now she has her own agency. So, I mean, she found clients, so that worked. Her strategy definitely worked. So what you want to do is genuinely connect with your ideal clients. You need to use language that they resonate with so you can create genuine connection. You can only do that when you know what language they use. And when I say what language, it's like the way I describe a problem might be very different from how someone else describes that. So you got to understand and you got to learn like, okay, when they describe a certain problem, what words are they using? What expressions? When they ask for advice or tips, what words are they using then? If you can find those golden nuggets and use that in your marketing strategy, it's very likely that you will instantly connect with your people because when they see your content, it's almost like you are in their minds and they're like, oh yeah, this girl really got it. Or, oh, this dude really, really understands me. That's why this research part is so important. Now, where do you stick this content? Well, you can stick that in your super nice looking Instagram reels. You can, you know, stick it into podcast episodes, but you can also use that on your website and your freebies and all of that. In this day and age, sleeky, generic marketing sales sentences, they won't really help you. So the focus is truly on genuine conversations throughout your marketing. So it's conversational marketing and you really got to resonate with a person. Also, when you think about your audience and about your ideal clients, you want to work with people that also want to work with you. Yes, they can find another social media person. Yes, they can find another podcast editor. But people want to work with you because they have that connection with you. Another amazing tip, and I absolutely love this tip, and I was talking about it with the Freedom Boosters as well, is offer value in communities. We are all part of online groups and a lot of them is on Facebook. And when you go in these groups, you might ask a bunch of questions like, hey, how do you do this? Or, hey, how do you do that? In the online entrepreneur world, especially among digital nomads, asking questions is very normal. And the way you do this is to literally show up 
and give advice. That doesn't mean that you have to give free services. But if someone says like, hey, I'm struggling with this thing in Elementor or in Squarespace, I cannot find it. Does Has anyone had this before? If you know the answer to that question, send a, a very quick screen recording from Loom or whatever, like help the people. Once you start offering value, people are going to get to know you. And then something very magically can happen. And this is going to take a little bit of time. But what is cool is that if you're going to be known for that person that is always super helpful, that has a lot of knowledge, that is very professional, that communicates very well, then it's more likely that you become top of mind on other people. Then what happens is someone else is like, hey, I need a website designer or hey, I need a podcast manager. Hey, I need a social media manager. It's way more likely that someone will tag you in that group. That is really, really good word of mouth. The other thing what you can do when you are in communities is just to look at what people are asking and create content around that. So if you are part of communities where your ideal client is hanging out, you can really, really have a vault of information, of knowledge, of you can do so much research. One of the things I love about communities, and this is mostly, I know that this is on Facebook, is that there is a search bar. So you can literally search for content there. And then you can see, okay, what are people asking about this or about that? So offer value in communities is a really, really great way. If I look more in my own professional life, a lot of the times offering free value to people, to companies, like, hey, you can look at this or you can look at this. And obviously this podcast is free. Like you're not paying to listen to this, right? So this is also a way of adding value. And actually just today, someone referred me to a company and they want to write an article with me. Sometimes this is a bit of a gray area because I would say, oh yeah, I'm going to offer free value. But this is also where I personally draw the line because if I'm going to co-create an article with a company and they're going to publish that and they're going to get something out of that, I need to get something out of that as well. So in those moments, I will have a conversation with them and either do it for like a paid service or I would have them uh, mention my name, my profiles and all of that. So when I say offer value in communities, I'm not saying that you always have to go free. Make sure that you draw the line for yourself and set some boundaries. But if it's literally small advice like, oh, you can find that at the left corner of your menu or, oh, hey, here's a quick screen recording or, oh, hey, I saw this YouTube channel that's actually or YouTube video that's actually explaining that. So that's on the value part. And then finally, when it comes to adding value, you can also grade create like really cool connections. So for me, I'm super community person. I don't like to just hang out in my, you know, behind my screen and be alone. It's really, really good to put yourself out there. So when you're active in communities, you easily get in touch with other people. And for me, I had an episode on this already about what like the true value of my podcast is. Honestly, it's crazy. Like I actually got job offers because of this podcast, because I was offering value. So um, yeah, offer value in communities. All right. So this tip is super important for everyone who doesn't want to be online everywhere for whatever reason. Well, actually, let's go through those reasons. Maybe you just don't have time. I mean, who has time to be online consistently on 10 channels? Like seriously, I don't know how you do it if you're a solopreneur. Maybe you're not 
comfortable with certain channels. Like you might be an Instagram chick because that works for you and you love dancing on TikTok, but there are a ton of people that don't like that. In fact, Paige broke up with Instagram because she is not into it. And I know many entrepreneurs who are very specific about what channels they are using. So the number one tip is to choose a channel where showing up is not painful. For example, this podcast, this is for me an easy way to show up. Unless my voice is gone, I think I can always record. And I have already mentioned that a bunch of times in the episode. When it comes to other platforms, including Instagram, I don't know. I just always feel like I'm not doing it right. And there's just something there that doesn't make me feel comfortable. Obviously, that's probably just in my head, but that's just how it feels like. So I'm also very specific on my channels. Now, I am exploring other channels as experiments. So when I'm curious about something... I will do a small experiment to see how it works. And then I will also see, okay, hey, is this going to give me some return on the investment? And sometimes that is money, but that could also be maybe I get more leads for my business, for my marketing business, or maybe I get more listeners for the podcast. I'm, there are a bunch of reasons why I would do that. So one of the things that I just really want to make clear again is that you cannot be online everywhere and seriously think about your time, your energy, and just the headspace in general to do everything uh, for all these channels, like writing copy, designing it, you know, all of that takes time. And that's like next to the other business stuff that you got to do, which is um, promoting your services, selling your services, do your admin and do the actual work. So many successful digital nomads aren't online everywhere and especially in those first years of business. It might not look like that, but if you would really, really look at their strategies where they are most active, you would notice that they are not online everywhere. I think from what I can see is that the people that are online everywhere, they are working with a team doesn't have to be big team, but they have resources so they can outsource, outsource certain things. That only works if you have a successful business. In the beginning of the business, you might feel this pressure that you got to be online everywhere. So you do want to do that and you do want to outsource it right away. Or you're going to, you know, sacrifice your own time and energy and headspace and you're going to do it. What happens is that you burn out. So the advice is... Again, going back to the beginning is choose one short-term marketing strategy and choose one long-term marketing strategy. And with that, be limited to the channels where you show up. So let's take Paige as an example. Like I said, she broke up with Instagram because it's not her thing. She's gorgeous. She always looks good. But, you know, for her, Instagram is not somewhere where she can show up. And she's just very honest about that. She loves blogging. She used to have a travel blog. So blogging has been her go-to channel. And this is also how she was ranked in Google and number one when you would search for Squarespace website designer. This brought her a lot of high-paying clients. And basically what she did is she was able to show up consistently Next to that, she's also active on YouTube because that makes sense for her business. So YouTube is also a marketing strategy. So when you think about your strategy, think about where you can show up. So is it, if it's a great personality fit, also think about if your ideal clients are hanging out there, 
Just because someone has an Instagram profile doesn't mean that they're actually hanging out there. Just because we have Facebook doesn't mean that we're hanging out there. Actually about Facebook, I just opened it the other day and I got so many notifications. I never look at Facebook. I only go to Facebook to our private group and that's where I go and then I leave the platform. So I'm never there, but I am a lot of the times on LinkedIn. Um, I love hanging out on LinkedIn. So for me... It would make sense for my marketing business, for example, to be on LinkedIn because business owners are on LinkedIn and I love LinkedIn. So that is a really great match. I hope that this was helpful. Now, I have another tip for you and I really, really love this. We have already talked about this with Nicole and she was very actually, she went deep on this one, which is really, really have valuable strong testimonials client testimonials now you might think oh uh, nina i don't have any clients yet so i don't have testimonials it's not for me do not stop listening if you don't have clients yet do a test project something so you can get that testimonial actually i love doing experiments and smaller projects just to test things to get a process to understand all the inclusion, so also understand what I don't want to include, and then create the final project. We also talked about this in the Digital Nomad Freedom Boosters, because some of my students, they were really focusing on, oh, I need to do this and that, and kind of like a really, really big picture. And I was like, let's tone this down a little bit. Like, let's make this offer smaller. And let's make sure that we first do a test project so you have a client, so you can get a testimonial and you can get honest feedback on, you know, what the experience of this product or service is. What you need to know about a testimonial is that it's so much more than just words of appreciation. You can really strategically use your testimonials to showcase not only your work, but also create promotional content way faster. So when you are doing testimonials, what Nicole said, and I love this tip, she focused on going on video calls with the client, then to run the testimonial and have a few questions prepared for yourself. Now, what you can do with the answers is you can crop that into smaller videos. If in your marketing strategy, there is video and your client agreed to have those videos up on social media. You can also create several blog articles from this, which is great. You can create a podcast episode where you talk about this and explain the process and how you help the client and maybe stick some, you know, audio testimonials in there. You can choose to not show the whole testimonial in one go, but really like break it up in smaller pieces. Like a testimonial is this gigantic golden nugget that you can chop up in all sorts of pieces and all sorts of shapes and sizes and really create good content. Don't ask your clients, oh, hey, can you send me a testimonial and that's it? No, you need to tell your clients exactly what you need to know. So you got to strategically think about What are the questions that you're going to ask and how are you going to use that content in your marketing strategy? So before you hop on on all these video calls with your clients or audio recordings, make sure that you know what you need for your marketing strategy. So you can like really have a strong testimonial that is actually that is actually a piece of content for you. All right. 
So those were the tips and I just want to run through it one more time. So number one, create one short-term marketing strategy that will create you quick momentum that is going to really help you to get those first clients in. And then you want to parallel to that. You want to focus on your long-term marketing strategy. You also really want to niche down and you want to know who your client is. Again, you can have a broad audience. Um, it works, but it's going to take you longer. And if you feel like, okay, but I need to get clients like real fast, don't be afraid to niche down. All right. So once you know your audience, you really want to genuinely, genuinely connect with your ideal client, know what words they're using, know what's important to them, know what's on their mind, connect with them. These are real people. So you want to make sure that you know where they are and that you're hanging out with them online or offline or both. That could work too. A really smart strategy is to offer value in communities. Be sure that you put your boundaries in terms of how much value you're going to give. Free value in communities is a long-term strategy because if you're going to tell someone, hey, do this or have a look at that, they're not going to book you the next day. So this is part of a long-term strategy. Then you really don't have to be online everywhere. Just choose a channel that works for your product that fits your lifestyle, that fits your personality, where you can really, 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 really thrive. Like that's super important. And lastly, get testimonials. And when you get them, get the most out of them. Okay, so those were the tips. The most important thing about running your freelance business is that you got to enjoy it. So when you look at your business, really make sure that this is aligned with you. If you want to learn more about that, I have a couple of guides and there are a bunch of them. There are questions that you can ask yourself before you start a new gig or a project. I use this all the time in my business. Last week, I said no to a pretty big project, but it just didn't feel right. It wasn't aligned and I didn't really know why. I went through my questions and I found the errors and I was comfortable and confident to say no to the person and no to the project, which is for me a huge win as well. I mean, I'm human too. This is difficult sometimes. So I'm going to add the link to that guide here in the show notes. And if you don't know what kind of service or digital project you want to create, I also have a guide on 30 plus digital product ideas that you can create. So this is also a free guide. I will put it also here in the show notes. It's a really great guide because you can look at the different industries and you can start brainstorming like maybe you can do this or oh you have that skill then this would apply very well. I'm, I love talking about these things. So I hope that this episode was helpful for you. I hope that you're going to enjoy all the future episodes as well. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really enjoyed it. And if you enjoy the podcast, if you love it, if you like it, if you're listening on Apple, make sure to leave a review. That would help me and my team really, really a lot. And if you're listening on Spotify, you can heart it. So you're subscribed to it and you cannot leave a written review, but you can give it five stars. That was it for today. And yeah, like I always say, happy nomading.